Welcome to season four of Exploring the Prophetic. We are on a journey of spiritual curiosity to see how God's voice can impact us and the world around us. I interview guests from every walk of life and background about how their relationship with God and hearing His voice has given them different opportunities and breakthrough experiences. This season, I'm also asking every guest how they got through a time when they thought they had heard from God or they received a prophetic word from someone else that didn't happen and how God helped them to resolve that. Come join our conversation on Exploring the Prophetic, starting now. Welcome to Exploring the Prophetic. And I love, if you know me, I love worship with all my heart. And I've been able to be around some really good worship atmospheres, environments, and different movements who have pioneered new sounds. I remember being at epic moments where, you know, certain people are emerging, like a John Mark McMillan and Kim Walker and, you know, different people just being around the conference circuit. I've been able to be in these moments that are so awesome. Well, Kim Walker has been a friend for years and I followed her music and her, and her career and her family. And uh, I just love that she's even branched off and done Christmas music, not just worship music and done some other stuff. And she has a performing arts background. And, and so I've wanted her to be on the podcast for a while. I'm so glad we got her today to be able to talk to you because she's so real. I mean, she's one of the most authentically present people when she shares her story and what she's going through with God. Uh, it's like you're an old friend who's in the room with her. You're going to feel that way today when she shares. If you've never heard of Kim, she uh, is the, one of the pioneers of Jesus Culture Ministries, which is a ministry out of Sacramento that was birthed out of Bethel and Redding, California. And it's been this ministry where a lot of music has emerged. It's really led a sound for uh, contemporary Christian music. And also they've done stadium events and other things. And, and Kim recently transitioned from her time as in the local way with Jesus Culture to move with her family to Montana. And so I'm hoping we'll hear about that as well. And she's still traveling uh, around the nation specifically and leading worship nights, even all through COVID and the pandemic. She's been traveling through following protocols, but leading worship nights and has been capturing some of those sounds as well. So I'm going to encourage you to go on YouTube, go on our website, get the sound. You're going to really love to just, just hover in that space that she's created through her worship ministry. And also she's such an inspiration to other worship leaders and worship movements around the world. So with no further ado, Kim Walker. Hey, my fellow explorers. We have a brand new book out, and if you've ever been given a word that you're a Joseph, an Esther, a Solomon, or a Daniel, you need to learn how to hear God the way that they did. You need to have that place inside of you that connects to God, that can believe for His solutions on the world today, and for His problem-solving ability, His wisdom, His strategy. And so we've written this book called Wired to Hear, and it's connecting God's voice to your career and place of influence. You are going to love this book. I want to encourage you to get it today. My friend Bob Hassan, who does Exploring the Marketplace with me and myself, wrote this to take you on a journey of how to succeed in your place of career with God's voice and with connection to Him. Visit Bowles Ministries today and look up Wired to Hear or go to any bookstore you know and you should be able to find Wired to Hear. But get it, review it, and share it with someone else. Kim, I'm so happy that you're on the show. Seriously, like we haven't talked for a while too. So I'm excited. Yeah. Just life. I mean, what's going on? But how are you? I'm doing good. Just getting used to Montana up here and gearing up for cold weather. I'm a little nervous about that. <laughs> yeah, you guys haven't lived through a full winter there. No, we haven't. I'm scared. <laughs> I got to be honest. I'm real scared. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, my wife's from Vermont. So she's from the snow state. And when we got married, I looked at her and I told her, honey, I will never move anywhere where there's snow. It snows a lot. I just want you to know before we get married that this is like off the table forever. And I need you to agree to that. And she started laughing and goes, you won't go skiing with me and the girls. I said, I'll stay in the little cabin. 
and I'll play video games. But no, I don't go outside when it's snowing. And she just was so shocked. But I'm such a... Well, that was kind of you to give that warning before getting married. That's great. (laughs) It was her only one. I mean, my ultimatum is so small, right? I just don't like snow. I didn't give Skylar that disclaimer, so I, I'm I'm out of luck. Here I am. So. <laughs> so, well, I hope we get in maybe into why you guys moved. I think that'd be a really cool story. But I want to go backwards because people obviously know you for Jesus culture and the worship calling, and even what you did in Bethel years ago, and just your voice. To just you've been really present, not just for yourself and and for the local groups you've been involved with, but you've helped other worship leaders just to have courage and faith and. You've helped churches to just have moments with God and, and just that I think has has made the history of movements. Like I think there's that one time that Kim saying this or did this. I remember being at Disneyland with you one time with my sister and Jana, Jana and just different people we were talking. And I remember just thinking, and I'd known you for a little while then, but I was like, I mean, this is before we were both married so long ago. Yeah. And we're just thinking, does she know how awesome like what she does is? <laughs> you know, like, I, I just because like we were just in a meeting and you're like you hit this place in worship I'd never been to before, and then we're at Disneyland and you're like ah you know and it just it was so the contrast of like we're talking about some deep things but at the same time we're you know it was just so cool to see that that down to earthness which I've always respected about you but where did kind of this journey spiritually start did you always and I kind of know this because I know you but did you always want to be a worship leader was that like that part of it when you when you got saved uh no definitely not my my plan my entire life was to become the first woman president so my all of my goals and ambitions were moving towards that you know I still say I guess it's never too late you never know but um that I never thought I would be a worship leader and it was honestly the 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 shortest way to to say all of it is that in my pursuit of God I just followed him in into this it it was kind yeah. of an accident or I guess I mean not an accident I mean God led me into it but I was pursuing him versus pursuing a career or any yeah. kind of anything else and just in my pursuit of him he just led me into it so kind of go there because I mean I know it's easy to say that as a statement because yeah. you probably had to say that a million times but let's go back to that, like those moments yeah. when all of a sudden you're being invited by God to do something that may not be the most comfortable thing for you when you first started doing it. Like, like yeah. where were you? I think you were in the school of ministry at Bethel. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I was. How did, how did you make that trend? Like when was the first time you led worship and you're like, oh, this is a thing? Okay, so I, I grew up singing and in a musical family. So that was really common and really normal in my family. But uh, I wasn't necessarily involved in music. So some people know my story. I got kicked out of choir when I was in high school. I was banned for the rest of high school. was not allowed back in. Um, and around you know high school is also when my mom, she had married a Christian man, um, my stepfather. And he got us going to church and church really became a part of our lives. And my mom would pull me in to sing with her every now and then with the worship team. And I really enjoyed how happy it made my mom. And I I enjoyed being a part of something musical, but it wasn't ever something I you thought about seriously or anything else. And it took me a long time to really even come into my own in, in regards to my relationship with God. I didn't fully surrender my life to him until my senior year of high school. And mm-hmm. so I would go to church and be a part of 
these things that we were kind of introduced to, but it wasn't necessarily um, something that I had brought into my heart and my life because um, I just had so much pain and anger and bitterness from my childhood. And um, after I gave my life to Jesus, I recognized that I really needed freedom and healing. And so I was just seeking that out really first and foremost, and wow. just asking God to bring freedom to me. And I ended up at the school of ministry um, a year after I graduated high school. And while I was there, um, they had auditions for the worship team this one day. And I went to sign up uh, just because I, I honestly just thought, well, I know how to sing. And this could be a, a way for me to make friends and connect with people. Again, I had no ambition to to be a worship leader. I don't even know that I understood what what that was. I think yeah. I just saw someone standing on a stage singing songs. And that's kind yeah. of what was in my head about it, honestly. And um, right as I went to sign up, I felt God speak to me very clearly uh, telling me not to do it and not to even tell people that I sang or that I was wow. interested in singing or anything else. And he said, um, I want you to learn to listen and to hear my voice. And I didn't know then, uh, but I, I know now, obviously, that God was just trying to establish a foundation in me for the kind of worship leader he wanted me to be, um, mm. which is one that's just connected to him and knows how to hear him and to follow him. And I think that my my greatest um, role as a worship leader is to serve the body of Christ. And I do that by partnering with Holy Spirit in worship. Wow. And so the only way I can do that is if I learned to to hear him and to follow him and to know him. And that really started me on a journey of um, inner healing and getting set free and honestly getting kind of rewired from the inside out. And um, it was quite a while later that I actually started leading worship. And it was something that God brought me into in his time. I didn't um, audition for a team. I didn't ask. I didn't try to push my way into anything. It was literally just someone walked up and asked me if I wanted to be involved and brought me in. And um, God had told me it would be that way. God had said, mm. I don't want you to promote yourself. I don't want you to try to push your way into anything, but I will bring you into this in my time and in my way. And I want you just to wait. And so I did. And um, it's really Let me incredible. Let fast about that because yeah. when you were hearing that and you were thinking of still worshiping at that point, had it become more of a thing to you or was it like just something you would do along with everything else when you were getting kind of the sense from God, like, wait on me, let me do this. That's That's pretty big. It's almost ominous. Like, don't do this on your own. Did that make it like, oh, this might be a thing in my life? Um, no, it honestly didn't. I I did not put that together. I just kind of felt like, um, I I felt like it was connected to my identity. You know, okay. I I struggled in school. I didn't have good grades. I'm not athletic. I I when you kind of look at talents or whatever, I didn't feel like I really had much of anything, you know, and I was like, I can sing. And that's like the one thing that I had that's like, I can do this. And, um, <clears throat> when, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know, I know. Um, but I just, I felt like it was more connected to God just wanting to, uh, instill his identity in me and, and me not have it wrapped up in, in the thing that I could do. Yeah. So, yeah, but, so huge because I think of all the years I mean, I've been around the church since I was little and I've always been around a lot of worship leaders, it's just been part of my life. 
being in Kansas City, some great worship leaders who came out of there. And then I would always travel and do conferences. And so I got to meet worship leaders because I was young. I always ended up like finding familiarity with the worship team because they were more fun and culturally connected, I think, than the speakers. <laughs> like I was around 60 year olds and worship leaders, you know, and it was really interesting how many of them through the years would share their identity issues and share like, I don't even feel connected to God when I'm up on stage. And so it's so cool to hear like how God brought you in because you impart that to people that you talk to about, it's about identity. It's about connection with Jesus. Yeah. It sounds simple. Like everybody should know that one-on-one, but it's not when you're in a performing type of a gift or ministry, it's not that simple because you can learn enough skill and talent where you can do it without God really easily. Yeah. And look like you're doing it with God. That's why some of those guys have defected and said, I'm not even going to walk with Jesus anymore. I don't even know if I believe in him because they did it without him for so long or they never, maybe never did it with him. And so I love that God was like, from your foundation, because you're not just going to lead worship, but you're going to actually inspire other people and help other people too, to go on that journey. And it has to be a healthy journey. It has to be. Yeah. So I love hearing, I mean, I've known you, so I know there's a healthy foundation just in your whole family, but I love that that's still so part of your message. Like here, we're doing an interview and part of your message that comes out is I had to go get a healthy foundation. My childhood was hard and I had, you know, I need yeah. my, like not everybody starts there. Like I, I could probably, do 10 worshipers right now, you may be the only one that's <laughs> there, which I think is really unique. Yeah. And it also keeps you relevant in a really different way than a lot of other people. Yeah. 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 It's funny. I, when I finally did start and again, it just felt like God was just kind of pushing me out little by little and doors opening up for me. And I started with background singing then moved into actually leading songs. And, um, I was terrified and I struggled a lot because I, what I knew of the stage was performance yeah. because I had done musical theater and I understood and I could feel inside of me how holy and special and amazing worship is. And I didn't want to bring anything of what I knew into that, the, like the, the performance aspect. And I, I understood and I knew that I can't just stand up here and perform that worshiping God is something so much more sacred than just the performance. And so I, I, I felt uh, just afraid, honestly, to, to jump out and to do things for so long. And it's really, um, it was quite a, maybe a pendulum swing would be the right word of trying to figure out of, well, God, God made me uh, to, to shine. He, he, he made me um, to, uh, to, to shine for his glory and to draw, draw yeah. people in. And, you know, no, I don't want to, I've always felt this thing. Like, I don't want to apologize for, for being good at what I do. I don't want to apologize for, for being great or for, for excelling in the gifts that God has given me, but to, to do that, but to also not make it about you, not draw attention mm-hmm. to yourself, not get mm-hmm. arrogant or prideful. You know what I mean? Just that, that pendulum swing of, I want to hide. I want to shine. I want to, hide. Yeah. I want to and just, it took me a long time to kind of sort that out and to figure out as God is leading me into this, you know, how do I, how do I be myself and what does that look like? And, um, even the, the being myself aspect was kind of wild because I could feel something inside of me that I was not seeing around me. I could feel Mm. something wanting to come out of me that I could even put words to. Um, but I was not seeing that in other 
worship leaders at the time. And so I, I kind of went on this journey um, going like around the, the country, places where I'd heard God had been doing something incredible, just going and sitting in different places, just waiting for God to do something, unlock something inside me. I just, I didn't know what it was. I just knew that something in me was just like, I I need to like get out, get free, something. And um, it wasn't until I landed out in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, out at Morningstar Ministries. Oh, yeah. Susie. And um, Susie Wills at the time, her last name is Uri now. And um, man, Susie just exudes freedom on stage and yeah. she has at a an level that I've never seen before. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. At a level no one has seen before. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, if you hear her story and her testimony, there's just such a depth of relationship with Jesus and and her and I are, are very similar in our backgrounds and our stories and what we've come mm. from and the healing that God has brought us through. And um she was such an inspiration to me and she just kind of took me in and um really just gave me permission to just really be who I am in worship and whatever that looks like. And I think that's what I needed. I needed someone to say, you can do this different. You can look different. You can be different and you can be yourself and you being yourself is good. It's not bad. I think that was another thing that somehow I felt like in my efforts to, uh, keep the performance aspect away. Um, I was kind of not allowing myself to be myself. Yeah. And um, when I came back to California after this and and I felt different and I, I felt like I had kind of received some sort of key to kind of like unlock something inside of me. This one day I was leading worship and my sister after worship, she came to me and she said, Kim, I felt like you were singing out of your journal. Like you opened up your wow. journal and just started singing your journal. And she's like, and when you did that, I felt free. I felt like I could mm. be vulnerable before God and be myself. And that's when it hit me. Like, I I want, this is who I want to be. I want to be so vulnerable and so real that what you see on stage there's no difference in my alone time worship with Jesus. What you see on stage is how it looks when I worship Jesus by myself. And I suddenly realized that I, there was this, there was some sort of connection between the, the vulnerability that I was willing to give and, and it kind of doing what Susie did for me, which is giving people permission to be themselves and to be vulnerable and to come before God and to step outside of that mold of just the routine of singing the songs and kind of running through the motions. And that's when everything started changing at that moment. Well, and it's interesting because when you were going to that period, I didn't know you then, I knew you after that, but, um, there, because you were building identity, because you were you were really going deep in the word, really going deep with Jesus, mm-hmm. there wasn't emotional exhibitionism, so to speak. You know, when people who just get frustrated emotionally, they become a frustrated preacher while they're trying to lead worship or do whatever else they're doing. And you end up feeling like when they share something, it actually makes you feel like, ugh. Or yeah. like, oh, I, don't, I can't relate to you. <laughs> when you were doing it, and I've watched you for all these years share from your own life, from your own relationship with God, you really are sharing a part of who God is through you versus, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I know yeah. you can relate to what I'm saying. Cause like we, we've all been in those meetings yeah. where some people think encounter is emotional displays of 
my, you know, like the, the, the rawest yeah. part of David, that's where I'm going to start with you. You know, it's like, yeah. so I'm so appreciative because I felt like there wasn't many people who were doing, uh, who were connecting, just not just singing songs, but trying to share that space and share that heart. And, and the people who were doing it kind of would get kind of a bad rap unless it was all the way back in the eighties or something, yeah. or they were just emotional <laughs> exhibitionists. And so it was really cool because I watched people and you may not have seen this as much. Maybe you have, cause you're pretty insightful. But I watched so many people who like start living the Jesus culture or start, you know, when you were back with Bethel or now, and they would watch you and they'd, they'd be like, oh, that's how I share my relationship with God through worship. And that to me was such a key through these years because a lot of people didn't know how to go there because it turned into prophetic, spontaneous mm-hmm. worship, which is more like a long song that you sing that nobody can engage in and everybody sits down. Yeah, yeah. You're pushing the whole room forward. You're not just pulling... You didn't suck any energy out of the air and just to tell right. your story. You're saying, here's where we can go. This is where God's at. And there's a couple moments that are even caught on, besides worship live moments like on YouTube, there's a couple moments that you guys even caught on like Jesus Culture CDs and stuff that I, yeah. I mean, I knew people who would say that that was my favorite part of the CD. I've listened to it 50 times. Yeah. And you yeah. don't listen to someone express a relationship with God 50 times unless there's something that's really happened. There's an encounter in it. So yeah. I, I just, I wanted to say that because it's been, um, I think people who are listening, like there's probably, we, I know we have a lot of worship people who listen just because they comment. And I think it's so cool that you've been on a, a very connected journey, but you've connected us to it. So thank you for that. But yeah. keep going. We're not done. I want to hear some more. I just wanted to make a commentary on that. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I guess that moment when my sister said that to me was really kind of a defining moment that made me very determined that even though, um, it felt like it was kind of like it cost me, you know, it's not, it's not really, it's not easy to be so vulnerable and to kind Mm. of put your relationship with Jesus out on display. You know what I mean? Yeah. I felt like, um, I, I like, I've really, I've really taken this thing into my heart that this is why I am here on earth to serve the body of Christ. And I, wow. I, I feel that and believe that so deeply. And so I have zero desire in me to just have a great worship set. I want to bring people into an experience. I, I want people to encounter God. I want people to get free. I want people to get healed. And I, I really, really believe that this should actually be happening every time we come into worship. In my yeah. mind, how could we come into the presence of God and stay the same? And and I love that I, I feel it. different and changed every time. And so I don't think that there should ever be any kind of routine. I think that every time, every Sunday morning, every whatever it is when you gather together, I think it should always be powerful and encountering God and, and leaving different. And, um, so I, I just don't want people to miss that. And so I, I just feel like I've spent my whole worship leader life now, just trying to, um, constantly learn how, how to, just as we're saying, just to bring people into that. I don't, I'm not trying to just stand up there and and sing some spontaneous song and have everyone just listen. I I want them to engage in the moment. And I, I love, I love that now we have so many churches and movements that are recording and putting out albums and capturing moments and doing live records. You know, that, that wasn't a thing when we first started. And, um, I love that, 
the the live element is is so so big right now everyone's doing that um and i think that uh it's just incredible to see how so many people have grown and changed i, I love that worship is is for most of us is not just the singing of songs and that we yeah. are trying to go there. And I, I love that now I, I get pulled into um, different worship schools and conversations and things like, how, how do we do this? And how do we, that's how so do cool. we do this? Like that's, that's the fun side of that's it now so cool. as a mama getting to like yeah. help teach others that and help lead people into that. Wow. So kind of give us a bird's eye view of what does life look like now that you've moved into, you know, to Montana? Maybe we, we don't have much time, but if, is there any like a transition story from like, why Montana? Why did you guys decide to move? And then um, yeah. what's the story? Cause there's a God story in there. Yeah. Um, so we, so I've been in California uh, for 21 years and honestly never thought that I would leave California. Never imagined that. And my husband, him and I were both raised in Oregon in a tiny little farm town in Oregon. We're country kids. And when he married me, he moved to California, of course. And he, he's never really been a big fan of California. Let's just be <laughs> honest. And um, at one point he said to me, well, for me, it's when we leave California. And I said, whoa, 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 buddy. For wow. me, it's if we leave California. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I just was not really there. And um, I didn't even want to talk to God about it because I think I knew deep down inside that we would at some point be leaving California. Um, but I was just afraid to even talk to God about that. Mm. But I started having these dreams, like very interesting dreams, um, which I, I, I go in spurts. I feel like God will speak to me in dreams, but in, in little spurts at a time, it's not constant. Um, but I had these dreams like consecutively. And, um, one was I was moving and I, I was cleaning out my desk and I had these three little pet animals inside the desk oh, wow. and I had to release these animals and each animal represented something different. But one thing I will say about these animals, they were all black and white animals. And I felt like one of the things that God was saying was, um, Kim, you are so black and white. You're in my personality. And he's like, I need you just to lay that down for a moment and just trust that it's going to be a little gray for a little while. Like you're not going to have all the answers. You're not going to be able to say, put this on the this side and this on that side, which I'm just so decisive. And I love having everything kind of planned out and mapped yeah. out or, you know, whatever, but to feel like I'm kind of living in, in the gray, the unknown. Um, and we, I finally just started talking to Skylar. We're processing and he's like, it'd be really great if we could just hear from God you know, to confirm what we feel like God is always speaking to us. And I said, I'm going to text Sean. And that's when I texted you and said, <laughs> hey, um, this is random. You got a word for us? And I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we processed though a lot. It was good. <laughs> yeah. It, and it was really good um, because I felt like a lot of what we talked about just confirmed what was already in our hearts, which is, you know, what we were, we were needing and needing to process. And also, um, you know, I, I felt like I was hitting a lot of shut doors and I know that may sound kind of weird to people who are listening, who may look at my life from the outside and think like my life's a big open door with ministry or whatever. But 
when you have dreams or things inside of you um, that you're pursuing, and I, I just felt like I was just hitting shut doors after shut door after shut door in California. And um, when I finally was willing to ask God about it, I felt like God was saying, why did you think they were the ones shutting the door? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, like it hit me hard. Oh. And he said, I am the one who's been shutting those doors. This was the only way I could push you out of the nest. And felt that so deep. It was painful, honestly. Yeah, that's (laughs) real. um, And that's how I feel here in Montana. So here we are. We checked out a lot of different places, other states, but this is the one where we felt like God told us to be. Um, My husband has just come alive. He is the happiest I've ever seen him in our marriage. He is living (laughs) his best life here in the wilderness of Montana. I'm just picturing like four wheelers and guns. I'm just (laughs) Yes. Let me tell you, every morning I walk out and Skylar's up already and he's staring out the window with a big smile on his face, cup of coffee in hand. Like he's just so happy. He's in his element. Um, and I could feel the shift when I got here that I don't know everything that's ahead. I do feel like I'm living in that kind of gray area a little bit, a lot of trusting Jesus, but I do feel the, uh, like the doors open now, uh, like God just needed to shift me out for whatever he has ahead. Um, he just needed me out. (laughs) That's great language. Yeah. Wow. Well, Kim, seriously, everything you shared today, I think just puts us more in touch with just the reality of how how much God loves like you 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 just share like you are a daughter of God and just your process I think I I think when people hear stories like this it's like hearing a thousand sermons you know like we hear those teachings how does it work to walk with God in a mature way but when you hear someone's story it's like you see yourself in it like I'm seeing myself in some of you what you're saying with the gray area and some of the doors are closed and I'm like having a moment with Jesus so I know our listeners are too so Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for being on. Yeah, Are you working on anything that we can tell our audience about that uh, you want them to know about? Oh, I've got a new uh, album coming out pretty soon. We've it's like been. It's like Christmas. Yeah, it's not Christmas. That's <laughs> well, we funny. Christmas album. In I. July. I mean, it's just I, right. We actually do listen to, in my family, we listen to Christmas music year round. My kids you love it. So. Your album comes up in our playlist and we get excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We, we actually, um, you know, every, the world shut down in 2020, but uh, we did not shut down. We kind of kept going out. So we we actually were touring um, October of 2020, and we went out every month and, and did wow. tours. And the great thing about um, being a worship leader is I could gather in churches and have church yeah. meetings, and it's totally fine. And we, we abided by whatever well, protocols we needed. But anyway, we, we've had crazy, crazy amazing worship nights going out every month since the shutdown. And so we decided to start capturing what was happening out on the road. Oh, that's so, amazing. Um, I just a little bit ago uh, last month released an EP that was recorded out on the road. And then uh, I got another one coming out here in just a few weeks. That's the a second version of that being out on the road as well. So yeah. Oh, well, be sure to get those for sure. And Revival Nights, Revival Nights EP. That's what it is. Revival Nights EP. We, yeah. I'm going to get it right away as soon as we get off here. But uh, I want to encourage our listening audience to just go on a journey with Kim Walker, follow her, listen to her music. And um, thanks for being such an inspiration for so long. Thank you. Thanks, John. 
Do you want to be mentored in hearing God's voice? It's not hard, but it takes time, examples, practice, and conversations to really get in the place of being able to get revelation and also to know how to interpret and reply what God's showing you. I have started an online community through our platform, Transcend God Mentoring, where you receive weekly videos, weekly live group mentoring, monthly special events, and all of our past e-courses on the gifts, marriage, and relevant topics to your spiritual journey. Come join me and all my platform contributors to learn how to walk out a thriving journey of hearing God. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic, part of the Exploring Series podcast. These podcasts are made possible by generous donations of listeners just like you. Become a partner or visit us at bullsministries.com with your one-time donation today. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, please become a part of our family by subscribing. Connect to us at www.bullsministries.com where we want to resource you with our articles, books, weekly mentoring, e-courses, and more. Or download our Bulls app free at our web store. We love to hear your feedback. Drop us a line. And also your rating, reviewing, and sharing makes such a difference in the world for people learning about us. Thanks for listening.